Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. A channel of blessing for friends everywhere to experience how the Holy Spirit moves ordinary people into an extraordinary calling, bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom of God. The Word is declared through the pastors and partners of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua, founded in 2011 in Jovellanos, Cuba, by pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers and storytellers in the United States. Our team is dedicated to planting and nurturing churches and to spread the reach of the gospel. We pray you'll be blessed by these teachings and testimonies of what God has done and is doing in and through us. One of my favorite places to visit and some of my favorite people to spend time with on the ancient path can be found in a little town in East Texas known as Hallsville, a little suburb of that big mecca, Longview, for which I also have a great fondness. The specific place is in an out-of-the-way neighborhood which has been built up in an expanse of old pine trees. The folks, my Texas family in Christ, call their gathering, quite appropriately, Pine Forest Baptist Church. I use the accent not for affectation, but with deep affection. Now, my friend, their longtime shepherd there is named Brother Otis Gerald, which I have told the folks is just the single most perfect name possible for a small town East Texas Baptist Church pastor. I mean, it just, it just curls up there right on the tongue, comes out so easily in the right tones. Now, Pine Forest Baptist Church, to be honest, is everything that, that many who think of themselves as urbane and sophisticated might be drawn to make fun of or disdain. You see, nothing's fancy. There's no worries about worship styles or whether or not the music's the latest or the oldest. No lights, etc., etc. It's just church. And if you walked into the classroom building and sat down, the seeming salt of the earth simplicity of these people might tempt you to think that there's nothing impressive to experience here. But oh my goodness, you need to steer clear of such short sighted thinking. I mean, once we have our donut holes and pigs in a blanket and a solid lesson from scripture in Sunday school, we'll take a short walk across the playground to the sanctuary. And if you haven't already understood the size of the heart of this gathering of a hundred or so people by now, well, it's about to be unveiled to you in a big way. Now, the room is shaped just like any other small mid-20th century church sanctuary. It's long and not all that wide, but both sides of the room tell their story. Not only their history, but the story that they continue to live into today. One long wall features placards of several dozen places and missionaries who are supported by the prayers and the work and the financial investment of Pine Forest. A detachable frame gets moved around on a regular schedule to call for focused prayer on each highlighted ministry in its turn. Another section on that same side is filled with clipboards featuring all the latest news updates. Across on the other side of the sanctuary, there's a large map of the world to remind this small country congregation of the impact that Jesus calls all of us to have in all of the earth. Pins mark the places where they pray and support ministries, and Cuba is marked to remember La Senda Antigua. And right beside that big map, there's a hall of fame of sorts. It's a remembrance of many who gave everything they had on the mission field for the cause of the gospel. One of the newer plaques honors our founder, Jose Santiago, as a hero of the faith who has gained his reward, and Yami as one who carries on the work on earth. Brother Odd, it seems, grew up as a missionary, and that DNA has been planted deeply in the people of Pine Forest. I never fail to be moved by the experience of working with them and by the welcome we receive every time there's an opportunity to spend a few days with these precious people. 
So then in January of this year, I spent a week in East Texas and a Sunday morning with my church in Hallsville. And on this particular morning, I was blessed by the word of God as brought to us by the youth pastor, Brother Jack Walton. And I immediately asked permission to make his message part of the upcoming season of the podcast. And Jack graciously agreed. So for the rest of today's episode and the next three segments, you too will be blessed to experience this message from my friend Jack Walton, entitled, Unashamed. This morning, Brother Lloyd comes up to me in the back and he said, Hey, Kevin's here. I want you to give him some time to speak this morning. You know, a lot of churches um, today, there might be a missionary that's popped in or whatever, and uh, they just end up sitting in, they got this program, right? If you ain't on the agenda, you ain't talking. If you ain't in the bulletin, it ain't happening. We're more like the mixture of church and a family reunion, though, right? <laughs> so we show up. We're going to be prepared for what the Lord has prepared for us. We're going to make sure that we're doing what God's called us to do. But we're also going to be open to family walking in the back door and saying, Hey, how's it going where you're at? What's the Lord doing through you? Because last Sunday night, if you didn't get to hear, uh, whether you were watching on Facebook like I was or if you were able to be here, Brother Jack Meeks really brought home for me anyway, and for I think a lot of us that have been here for a long time, that wall. And, and today we're going to talk about being unashamed of the gospel, but one of the things that he said when he was standing up here is he said, I'm not here to give you my report, I'm here to give you your report. I'm here to tell you what is happening with the church that you've started. I'm here to tell you what's happening with the people that you're witnessing to. I'm here to tell you what's happening to the people that, that you are reaching in a foreign land. I was like, I ain't never thought about it that way. And he looked at Brother Lloyd and he said, you started a church in, in Russia. That's where it was. He said, yeah, you started a church in Russia. I went, Brother Lloyd started a church in Russia. you imagine that? <laughs> Brother Lloyd over there drinking vodka, starting a church. Come on. Yeah. Some of y'all wouldn't be able to be missionaries in, in drugs. You got to drink vodka to reach people over there, they say. There's some truth to that, whether you like it or not. Anyway, hey, here's the deal. When, when you think about Brother Kevin and all the other people that are on that wall, that's why we are who we are. That's, that's us. I mean, we're, we're going to always be, as long as, long as we're here, the church that is supporting the work of the Lord elsewhere as well as trying to reach our local community. We have a responsibility, a great responsibility, to be a, a large influence here where we are, but to have an opportunity to start a church in Russia or to be a part of a church in Cuba, we bought some land in Cuba. Did y'all know that? We built a building in Cuba. Did we did the things that we didn't do it all by ourselves, but, but we had part in it. You had part in it. Just like when we talked about yesterday, the call of the Lord is an individual call. It's not a collective call. He's calling you, Jack, to love him. He's not, and we get, sometimes we miss that in church, I think, where we, we make it all so corporate, right? God loves us all. God wants us all. And that's true, but Journey, he wants you. That just feels different, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel different when someone says, we'd like all of you to come to our house to eat tomorrow. I suppose, Vicki, make sure you're there. That's just a different type of invitation. But that's the invitation that the Lord has given us that we talked about last week when we talked about understanding the difference between what salvation requires, what the gospel requires, and what the gospel produces. Well, then this week we're going to talk about 
Romans 1, 16 and 17, where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And I want to focus this morning on those verses of Scripture and four key words that are a part of that passage. Power, salvation, belief, and righteousness. Those are going to be your four words of focus for this morning. Power, salvation, belief, and righteousness. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the Kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. To see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. And if you'd like to be a covenant financial partner or contribute to the work of the ministry, I encourage you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. Now, I want you to understand a little bit of background about where Paul was at when he wrote I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's living in a moment in time where Rome was being overtaken by carnality. Everything in Rome was about how to gratify the desires of your flesh, of the intellect, of philosophy, whatever it may be. So Paul's writing a letter back to them and saying, hey, I just want you to know, I know you think you're really smart. I know you think this really don't matter, but I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. You might think you know something, but you don't understand the power of God that is salvation. And, and Paul goes into this, basically this is his thesis for the book of Romans, the power of God. Matthew twenty two twenty nine. 29, Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Now this is Jesus talking to the Jewish leaders at the time. Romans 8, 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 24 through 25. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let me ask you a question. If you've got to serve a God... Do you want to serve a God that's weaker than you? We don't. We serve a God that is stronger than our strongest thing. Whatever it is we have, he's stronger than that. His greatest weakness is stronger than our greatest strength. You know why? Because he don't have any weakness. Because he's God. I think a lot of times we miss how powerful our God is. And when we think about being unashamed, what I think we need to think about a lot of times is it's not so much... Being unashamed, like, we're not afraid to tell people that we're Christians. That's not where the shame comes in. That's not a problem for us. What happens a lot of times is people ask, well, you know, 
Well, yeah, I go to church. That's great. Are you a Christian? I've been baptized. Also great. Are you a Christian? We don't go that far. When someone tells us they go to church, we're done with the conversation. A lot of times. We stop. We're good. Check. Right? Well, man, tell me about... Tell me about when the Lord saved you. I told you I go to church. I know, but I'm just saying, when, when did God save you? Well, what do you mean? I, I'm a good person. I, and I, John MacArthur told a story about a lady that he sat next to on an airplane. And he sat next to this lady. She's Catholic. He asked her, obviously, about her, you know, hey, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ? She said, I'm Catholic. He said, well, that's great. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? She said, I go to church every time the doors are open. He said, but, she said, but you know, I'm really frustrated. I miss the old days when they did the service in the original language because I couldn't understand it. And so I could just go and meditate, and I didn't have any idea what they were saying, and I could just leave and go on about my business having done what I was supposed to do, which is attend church. <laughs> MacArthur said, how many of us are like that? We just want to check a box, went to church, and we don't understand what God's saying to us. We don't understand what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is dealing with our life about in power. Understand, we don't serve a powerless God. We serve a powerful God. He has great power, Psalm 79, 11. He has glorious power, Exodus 15, 6. He has everlasting power, Isaiah 26, 4. He has effectual power in Isaiah 43, 13. He has incomparable power in Psalms 89, 8. Creative power in Jeremiah 10, 12. Strong power in Psalm 89, 13. Mighty power in Job 9, 4. Sovereign power in Romans 9, 21. Irresistible power in Deuteronomy 32, 39. Unsearchable power in Job 5, 9. Saving power in Psalm 106, 8. And then God has the power to change our very nature. Created in sin for wrath. Coming to Him for life and redemption. Colossians 2.13. Man, the power to change your very nature. Are you kidding me? You don't have to keep on pretending to be the person you used to be because now you have been made new in Him. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's awesome. Who else can do that? Oh, you can paint a car, but you ain't going to make it a different one. He don't just give us a paint job. Oh, no. He throws the old completely away and makes us brand new in him. He has the power to change our very nature. And we are no longer slaves to sin. But now the Bible says we're actually slaves to righteousness. If you look at all of those different things, one of those is going to hit you where you are today. Right? What are you, what are you missing today? What, what do you need God to be for you today? And there you have part one from Brother Jack Walton. I invite you back next time as we continue to explore how we can be unashamed of the gospel. And this, friends, brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you very much for being with us. Once again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. I'm Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. And until next time, we pray God will bless you richly. Go and be the church. Thank you.